We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. This is episode 17, Doctrine and Covenants 41 through 44, My Law to Govern My Church. We're studying April 19th through the 25th. I started, (laughs) I have to just share with you. Um, I guess because this has just been something on my mind lately and I just really felt like it was something I needed to share. And, uh, I missed testimony meeting this last Sunday because I was home with a sick, sick child. So, um, I'm sure we've all experienced this because it's been happening so often lately, but I've had a lot of friends tell me or kind of announce on social media that they are no longer associating or part of the LDS church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it often hits me really hard and I have a really, really hard time with it. And I struggle for days with my friends leaving and it, it kind of tears at me. And there's a part of me that feels betrayed. And there's a part of me that feels... um, It's hard to explain it, but just kind of that like, are they right? I mean, maybe they know something I don't know. Do you ever feel that way? Anyway. But I have to admit that some of... There's been times in my life that I haven't been as immersed in this in the Book of Mormon as I have been at other times in my life and recently I've made a push to study the Book of Mormon not just like read it or read a verse every day which was my goal before but lately it's it's been to not just try to get through it or try to read something but it was trying to fill the spirit get something out of it and write something down that I learned or something that impressed me or stood out to me that day. And since I've been doing that, I've had, uh, just the other day, I had another close friend. Uh, I found out that she is, um, no longer going to church. And, um, it didn't, that, that, those feelings of betrayal and questioning and things that often accompany my friends leaving the church. This time, the only thing I felt was sadness. I was, I was so sad for her and her family. This friend of mine really struggles with depression and some other things. And it just like broke my heart because I'm in my heart, in my, I know that life is harder when you're not part of the church. And living, living the Lord's, uh, on the Lord's path. And, um, hopefully she starts going to another church and, um, find, stays close to our Savior and has that relationship with him. Just, it saddens me. And I was amazed after I found out that she wasn't, uh, going to church anymore. It kind of, like, I was 
course, sad, but then I realized that that was the only emotion I was feeling besides kind of relief at realizing that I wasn't, I didn't feel any of those other negative emotions. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, why, why was my reaction to this friend leaving different than my other friends? And I started realizing it's because I have been reading the Book of Mormon, studying the Book of Mormon, applying it to my life. The spirit that comes into my life when I am studying and reading the Book of Mormon is so powerful. The prophecy that President Nelson gave us, telling us that we it's essential that we are immersed in the Book of Mormon, are... It's, it's just critical to us right now. And I'm feeling that and I'm seeing that in my life. And my testimony of his, the truthfulness of his words was made so strong to me lately. Just realizing that I'm happier and things are just, don't rock me. I'm stronger my foundation is more sure because of this experiences, the experiences I've been having as I've been reading the Book of Mormon. All right, sorry to bombard you with that right off the bat, but let's get into our lesson this week. So just some background. Um, so the church is growing. There's missionaries are out um, spreading the word, and they've been commanded to gather in Kirtland. And as that's happening, there's more and more people coming to Kirtland and the church is growing really quickly and there's so many people with different religious backgrounds and people that have been uh like whole congregations even that are joining together and a lot of them are still wanting to practice some of the things that they were practicing before and uh for instance like some of the people were um living with the the um, basically the law of consecration. They all shared all their things equally and they lived close together. Some of them even lived in the same house. Um, and they took care of each other. And, um, so there's just some of that going on and a lot of people questioning, um, and wanting to know kind of what they're supposed to believe. And because of all of that and the things going on, Joseph Smith asked the Lord, for direction and the Lord gave him um, the what we call his law and he told the saints to hearken and hear and obey it so um, I just wanted to it's been a little while since I've done this but let's go over some of the objectives like what we want the kids to get out of this lesson we want the children to be able to record impressions um, so that's one thing that is brought up as like a teaching tip is to, it's never too young. Kids are never too young to start developing the habit of recording their impressions. So you could do journaling with pictures. Um, they could just write down a couple words that they like. I really like, um, I've had two of my sons, both of my sons had, um, primary teachers that did like a little composition notebook journal. And the, every time they did an activity page or something like that, they'd glue it in this little journal. Or they'd draw a picture in their journal about what they learned that week. And, I mean, they, these are, um, like, four-year-olds and 
five-year-olds and six-year-olds. Like, that was kind of the age group that they were doing this with. And it just amazed me how excited the kids were. Um, and at the end, they got to bring their notebook home. And my boys, this was, like, two years ago because we didn't go to church last year. So it was the year before that. Um, my boys still look through their composition notebooks. They love them. They love looking through them and remembering all the things they did. And some of them, the teachers took some pictures. And so they glue the pictures in there of them in their class doing things. And it was like a little scrapbook of the year that they each got to take home. And I loved that. Um, it's a lot of work, though, as a teacher. So just be warned. But I thought it was cool. And as a parent, you could do something like that with family scripture study or family home evening or maybe just on Sundays. Um, maybe... The things they do at church, you could bring home and put in a book or something like that. Just an idea. Um, don't feel like you have to do any of these things because I'm not trying to overwhelm people. I'm trying to make it seem doable or give you ideas. Um, all right, so back to our objectives. We want the children to see how we are blessed when we are obedient. We want children to know that when they are serving people in need, they're also serving our Savior. Children will know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Children should understand and apply the pattern for gaining wisdom from the Lord. Children will learn to trust God's pattern of leading his children through his chosen prophet. Alright, and then in the introduction, like kind of like the attention getter for the class, it suggests this activity, which I thought was cute. It says, toss a ball to a child and ask the child to share one commandment that he or she knows about. Keep passing the ball until everyone has a chance to share something. And this is really good because it, it helps you understand how much the kids know about commandments. It gets them thinking about commandments. Um, also, this is really good if they did this in primary. If you've been talking about the lesson and commandments throughout the week at home, it's a really good reminder. And I know, I've, I think I shared this when I first started the podcast, but I think it's important to talk about again, especially since some of us are starting to go back to church, but don't be afraid that what you do at home is going to be repeated in primary. Don't be afraid that you're doing the same thing because kids thrive and learn with repetition and they like it. I mean, how many of you have kids that want to watch the exact same TV show and episode or movie over and over and over and over? And you're just like, if I have to watch this movie one more time, I'm going to scream. We all have that experience with our little kids. But then we, like, sometimes forget, like, oh, no, like, my kid's going to have the exact same lesson or they're going to watch the same little video clip in primary or whatever it is. But don't be worried that that's going to happen. If they watch it or do something the same, it's just reemphasizing that and it hopefully will stick that much better for the kids in the future. All right, so the first section is I can obey God's laws. So this starts with Doctrine and Covenants section 42, verse 2. It says, Again I say unto you, hearken and hear and obey the law which I shall give unto you. So um, you can read that if you want with the kids. But um, one thing, an activity you could do, it says, Give the children a few simple scenarios in which a, children, a child chooses to obey or disobey a rule. And then you have the kids respond to that and decide if it was, if they listened and obeyed or if they didn't obey. Now, ways you can do this. So the, the lesson suggests that you have the kids smile or frown with their face, which would be really easy. And it's good because it's tying back into the lesson that when you obey, it makes you happy. 
Um, so, but other things you could do, you could have the kids put a thumbs up or thumbs down. You can have like, um, happy faces or sad faces on a piece of paper that they could hold up. Um, you could put on popsicle sticks or something so they can hold up happy or sad. Um, you can have them sit or stand, um, etc. So just some ideas if you need to mix it up, get your kids a little more active or moving or whatever. So, um, Something else you could do is share blessings that you've received when you've obeyed God's laws. So I started thinking about this because um, this is, how. what would I share? If I was teaching this lesson, what would I share with my class or my kids? And I would tell them that I'm happy, I feel peace, it's easier to love and to feel God's love. And um, when I pay my tithing, that brings blessings in my life. I could tell a story about that, possibly. Also, living the word of wisdom keeps me healthy. Um, there's so many blessings, and it's really hard for me to, like, nail it down. And I, I was trying to think of specific examples, but I think really overall for me, it's just my quality of life is better because I live the gospel. All right, you could also play a game that... It teaches about rule following. So it's a good way for the kids to practice following a rule. Um, so the manual says, for instance, you could tell them that they must raise their hands and be called on to answer questions. Then let them practice obeying by asking them questions and calling on those who raise their hands, which is great if you want to practice doing raising hands thing. But I started, um, I looked at some other ideas of games you could play. And there's so many out there if you want to look up, like, ways to teach kids to follow the rules or something like that. There's a lot that are, like, how to teach kids to follow directions, which is, um, fine. But, anyway, so here's some of the ones I found are kind of brainstormed. So you could make, like, a grid with yarn or, like, sidewalk chalk or tape or something. And then you can make a rule that they can only step on, like, every other square. Or if there's, like, color, you could put, like, colored papers on the floor um, and like, you know, like a pattern and tell them they can only, you know, like if it was red and green, tell them they can only step on the green ones or something like that. And then they're practicing following a rule. Something my family did recently for family home evening, which my kids needed this. So it was good. We practiced doing rules. Like we practiced them doing them right. And we practiced doing them wrong. So obeying and disobeying. And we took pictures of both. And then the kids loved to see like, the, the good, the obedient pictures, and the naughty pictures. Um, but you could still do that as a family to, to practice rules and following rules. And my husband and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes our kids just need to practice. They know our expectations, or at least we ex think they know our expectations, but then when we sit down and practice with them, it helps reinforce it and helps them visualize what, we ex what we're expecting from them. Another topic I want you to discuss it says, what laws has God given us? So this is in section 42. This is, these are some laws that it talks about in section 42. It says to share the gospel. It tells them to get baptized and to baptize others. It tells them that they need to bestow the gift of the Holy Ghost on them. So to me, that means that we need to have the Holy Ghost. Um, they need to be ordained before they can preach. A lot of these things are a little bit over the kids' heads, so you can kind of pick and choose what you talk about. But I just wanted to get it all out there for us as adults. 
Um, it says to be kind, to take care of all of God's children, especially the poor. No killing, no stealing, to be honest. Obey our parents, do not covet, keep this up, they holy. No swearing, only worship God, no idols. So those were like the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> and it says to give to your of your um, excess to the church, which is today fast offerings for us. But also we know that tithing is also um, a commandment. It tells them to work hard and not be idle. And they need to love everyone. Now, if you ask the kids that question, they could come up with a lot of the things on this list. And I think it'd be really good for them to see, and for you, to see how much your kids kids know, especially with like the Ten Commandments. How many of those do they know? Um, they might also say that God wants us to pray. He wants us to, you know, they could talk about things with the word of wisdom. Um, and I already mentioned paying tithing. All right, so something else that's fun with this section is the activity page, which is super cool, actually. So the activity page looks kind of funky on the paper. But what you do is you cut it out and you, like, fold it accordion style. And it ends up being an optical illusion. So you, like, set it up on the... So it's standing up on its... Um, on the end. Um, yeah, anyway. So you stand it up on the table. And you look at it from one way and they're happy and obeying. And the other way they're not happy and they're not obeying. And so it's really cool to kind of see. So you could do that. Activity pages. Um, one of the... Um, activities you do to teach the lesson um you could also sing a song about obeying god's laws like i want to live the gospel choose the right choose the right way i am a child of god baptism i will follow god's plan keep the commandments follow the prophet nephi's courage or i or quickly i'll obey there's so many so many songs about obeying um so i just picked a few I um, mean, in the Individuals and Families Manual, it suggests that family members could draw pictures of themselves obeying God's laws, which I love. And um, again, this is something I grew up with. My parents made, I think I've talked about this before, but when we were really little, we have um, a manners book. It was called Folks Family Manners. And so we would draw pictures every so often at family night. We'd get this book out and we would draw more pictures to, that were us having manners. And so, you know, when we were really little, it was like cleaning up our toys and not hitting our sister and, um, minding mommy, you know. And then as we got older, it was more of, you know, don't chew with your mouth full and other things. But it kind of also turned into obedience and obeying the Lord. And I like that we always drew pictures, no matter how old we were. That was always the rule is that we had to draw pictures to go in the book. So it was illustrated, right? And so I kind of liked that it ended up being us drawing pictures of us choosing the right. And I like that. And maybe that's something I'll start with my family someday. Um, all right. Another question that it brings up says, what would you help your family live together in love? From the Individuals and Families Manual. So it says, consider writing or saying positive things about one another or singing a hymn about love within the family, such as love at home. I like this, talking about saying positive things and writing um, positive things to each other. And this live together in love was a commandment that the Lord gave. He wants us to live together in love. Um, and then you can bear your testimony to the children about 
how obeying God's laws has brought you happiness. Because that is our objective here is to teach them that that is how we can be happy. Alright, the next section. A disciple is someone who receives God's law and obeys it. This is Doctrine and Covenants section 41 verse 5. He that receiveth my law and doeth it, the same is my disciple. And he that saith, he receiveth it and doeth it not, the same is not my disciple and shall be cast out from among you. So this is right on a piece of paper, leaving blanks where the word disciple should be from that scripture. Um, and ask the children to fill in the blanks. And they can use, they can look in the scriptures to try to figure out where the word disciple should be. Or um, you don't even have to tell them the word, obviously. <laughs> Just uh, ask them to fill in the blank. This is for the older kids, by the way. Um, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? So I... This really interests me because, you know, sometimes you learn, like, discipline. The root of discipline is disciple. And when you're disciplined, you are obeying or following a certain rule or way, right? So, a disciple is someone who is obedient to or to Jesus Christ. Um, and the dictionary says, a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher... Or a dedicated follower of Christ. And I like that it said dedicated. What is, when you think of dedicated, especially in the church, we often think of, you know, like our buildings are dedicated and the temples are dedicated and some people dedicate their homes. And you think about that and it's it's set apart. It's special. It's the purpose of that building is for our our. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And if we are dedicated, we are, our purpose is to serve him and to be an instrument for him. Um, and I was thinking it's someone who does what Christ asks because he says, he that receiveth my law and doeth it, the same as my disciple. So that is a discussion you can have with the kids about what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Share how you are striving to be a better disciple of Christ. So, um, for me, I'm trying to be like Jesus. That was the thought that kept coming to me, was that song. And how often we can think, what would Jesus do in this situation? And I think that's appropriate if we want to try to follow our Savior. After discussing this verse, ask the children to think of of laws that we have received from the Lord. And something you could do with this is to have the kids act out the laws while the rest of the class tries to guess it, which is charades. So you could have them play charades for that, which would be a really good, fun, active game to get them involved. Give each class member a strip of paper and ask them to write it. Write on it one way they can be a better disciple. Invite each child to share what they wrote and then tape the strips of paper together to create a paper chain. So you know that your kids or the class that you teach and you, you know the things that they need. If they need to be more active, play charades. If they need, if you need to like get all the kids involved, you could play charades. If you want something that's more in introspective, then make the paper chain. Um, if you want... Uh, anyway, I'm just trying to help you see that you don't have to do all the things. 
And at least in primary, our classes are only 20 minutes. And in your family home evening, it can be any length that you think works for your kids. So, and a lot of times my husband and I will do some of these things for our family scripture study. And so then it's only like five minutes. And so we keep it super short. It's usually a discussion. Every once in a while, it'll be more of an activity. But we usually have a discussion around what we're reading. And um, and then family home evening is usually more of a, a hands-on activity. So let's move on to the next section. All right, the next section is God reveals wisdom to those who ask. So you can ask the kids to share with you something that helps them feel peaceful and something that helps them feel joy. And read Doctrine and Covenants, section 42, verse 61, looking for the words peace, peaceable and joy. It says, If thou shalt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth eternal life. Help the kids think of truths that God has revealed that bring them peace and joy. So, if you need to start them out, you could talk about the plan of salvation, um, resurrection, atonement, knowing that we can return to Heavenly Father. I'm the th- Something that brings me joy all the time is knowing that I'm a child of God and knowing that He loves me. Um, and that's something... I've been taught, but it's also something that I have been, uh, I have received my own personal revelation and confirmation of that so many times in my life. And that brings me joy and peace, and I'm grateful for it. Um, And then it says to read, so you can make sure you read verse 61, but then 68 is another verse that it says to talk about. It says, therefore, he that lacketh wisdom, let him ask of me, and I will give him liberally and abrade him not. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> and then it says, so it says to emphasize from verse 61, emphasize the phrase revelation upon revelation and knowledge upon knowledge and explain that God does not reveal everything all at once. Instead, he gives us a little bit at a time. Something you could do to illustrate this is to do a puzzle. I would probably take like a picture of a temple or Jesus or even Joseph Smith or something like that and make it into a puzzle and help the kids put it together. Um, It could be really simple because it needs to be a quick object lesson, right? So you talk about how a puzzle is built little by little and um, it builds and as you fill in each piece, it makes more sense and you can see the big picture. And that is how God works in our lives with our testimonies and how he teaches us. Um, and then you should share an experience that you had receiving revelation that blessed your life. All right, next section is the Lord leads his church through his prophet. So it says one activity you could do, show pictures of different people, including a picture of the current prophet. Place the pictures face down and let the children turn over the pictures one by one until they find the prophet. Explain that the Lord is te- explain the Lord's teaching that only the prophet is appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations from the Lord to lead the church. You could also sing songs about the prophet, like follow the prophet, um, or praise to the man, or something like that, right? 
Um, for the older kids, you can have them imagine that someone stands up in testimony meeting and he tells the ward that he has received a revelation for the whole church. Like, we're no longer allowed to drink milk. Or, I think the Lord told me that we're going to start having sacrament meeting on Sunday. Or, sorry, on Tuesdays. Um, those are in the manual. That's what it says. To, is an example you can share. Um, and then they said that we need to start listening to what he says instead of the prophet. And you ask the kids, what is wrong with that picture? Like, why? Why would that be a problem? And, um, and then you can read Doctrine and Covenants, section 43, verses 1 through 7, which tells how the Lord gives commandments to his church. I'll start in verse 3. And this ye shall know assuredly that there is none other appointed unto you to receive commandments and revelations until he be taken, if he abide in me. But verily, verily, I say unto you that none else shall be appointed unto this gift, except it be through him. For if it be taken from him, he shall not have power except to appoint another in his stead. And this shall be a law unto you, that ye receive not the teachings of any that shall come before you as revelations or commandments. And this I give unto you, that ye may not be deceived, that ye may know that they are not of me. For verily I say unto you, that he that is ordained of me shall come in at the gate, and be ordained as I have told you before, to teach those revelations which you have received, and shall receive through him whom I have appointed. So it says, show a picture of a living prophet and invite the children to share something that he taught recently. Now this is great because we just had general conference, so hopefully it's still fresh on everyone's mind, right? Um, if they need help, you can show a video clip or read a passage from a recent general conference message. So why is it a blessing to have a living prophet today? I want you to think about that for you personally as well and how you can share your testimony as you're teaching how have you been blessed? I shared earlier, <laughs> did not even plan that. I shared earlier how I've been blessed by following our prophet and the um, direction that he's given us recently. It's been a huge blessing in my life in so many ways. So I hope you have some experiences as well. If not, read and find a conference talk and apply it this week so that you can bear your testimony that you applied something that the prophet has taught and that you know that he's a prophet of God. And if you're still struggling, pray about it. Pray for confirmation from the Holy Ghost, and I promise you will receive it. All right, the next section is just from the Individuals and Families Manual, and I thought it was a cool activity, so I wanted to share. It says, perhaps there's something your family could use to create the sounds of a thunderstorm as the way to as a way to introduce a discussion about verse 25. How is the Lord's voice a voice of thunderings? Search the verse together for ways the Lord may call on us to repent. How can we be more responsive to the Lord's voice? So, I loved this idea because I know my kids would get into it and it would help them remember and think through some of the scriptures, right? So, in verse 25 it says, how oft have I called upon you by the mouth of my servants and by the ministering of angels and by mine own voice and by the voice of thunderings and by the voice of lightnings and by the voice of tempests and by the voice of earthquakes and great hailstorms and by the voice of famines and pestilences of every kind and by the great sound of a trump and by the voice of judgment and by the voice of mercy all the day long and by the voice of glory and honor and the riches of eternal life 
and would have saved you with an everlasting salvation, but ye would not. Is that a powerful verse? I love the idea, like all those sounds and thinking of the Lord speaking to us that way. And just, it's powerful. So the manual suggests you do thunder. And I was thinking you could maybe do some of the other sounds in there too and get the kids excited about that. So it does talk a lot about like natural disasters and storms, which would be fun to make some of those noises. But it also says the sound of a trump. And you could talk about what, what does the voice of judgment sound like and the voice of mercy sound like, a voice of glory and honor and riches of eternal life. How would that sound? And I love the idea of thinking about that. And, and really, I think it will help us understand God's relationship with us and how much he loves us and how much he wants us to understand what we will receive if we follow him. I want to bear my testimony that I know that when we follow our Savior, we, we will be blessed and The Lord wants us to come so badly. Um, have you watched The Chosen? <laughs> My husband and I watched the newest, or um, not the newest one, because the newest one just came out. So set season two, episode one, we just watched. Um, and I loved in there him talking about the joy in the one, right? He talked about... The, the parable of the lost sheep. And I love that story. And then in the episode, he he goes and he finds... He finds someone who needed him. And he brings him and he loves him. And I was just... He feels that way about all of us. I appreciate... Watching the chosen and being able to feel God's love for me as they try to portray the way Christ would treat people and go out of his way to bless someone who lives far away and is crippled and is even a thief. And I'm grateful that he gives us so many opportunities and his mercy is so infinite that he allow us to come to him. I hope you can share with your family some of the the joy you feel as you are living the gospel and help them see by your actions as well as what you're teaching. And I hope you have a great week. And please find me on Instagram and Facebook and um, share with your friends and hopefully we can help anyone who might be struggling with teaching the gospel to their kids or primary class. So anyway, have a great week. I will see, talk to you next week.